Welcome back to the Inner Call Podcast. This is Fleur, and today it's just me. You just get me. It's my first solo episode. We're going to be doing a solo episode. Well, I guess I'm going to be doing a solo episode every month or so because I want to engage you with the topic of intuition from an education perspective, give you a little bit of insight on my own point of view, my own life, my own journey, what's going on with me, and hopefully you enjoy it. So today's topic, I really want to just dive right in. It's the definition of intuition. I truly believe that if we don't know what we're talking about, We're never going to get it. People throw around that word intuitive, intuition all the time. And I think if I were to ask most people, what do you mean by that? They would give very different answers, very different answers. But this podcast is called The Inner Call. The Inner Call is the intuition. So what is it, right? Like, what are we talking about? And Up until this point in this podcast, I haven't really had the moment to sit down with you guys and say, hey, when I say intuition, this is what I mean. I am huge on also just wanting to point out if I think something, if I believe something, if I have to find something, that doesn't mean it has to be your definition, but it's going to help because you're going to know what the heck I'm talking about, right? Like every time I talk about the intuition, I want you to know this is what I mean. And so... I'm just going to get going with that definition. I define the intuition as the moment that the energetic information that exists outside in your world that is of importance to you enters your energetic body, is bridged through your physical body, enters your conscious rational mind for you to be consciously aware of to make your most expanded life decision. So it's the moment that energetic information is able to bridge through the body, all bodies, energetic, physical, into the conscious rational mind for you to have a mental awareness to then be able to act on it with the ultimate purpose of you living your most expansive life. The second part of my intuition definition is that it's about you. The key words being your most expanded life for you. Why does that matter? Ooh, this is, this is big. This is big. Because I guarantee you, if you're listening to this right now, you will think that you've been very intuitive your whole life. And you will give me all sorts of examples as to how intuitive you've been. And I would venture that 90% of those examples are not about you. The intuitive examples that you have are not moments in which you had an intuitive awareness that was meant for your most expanded life. And this will be very true of the empaths, of the highly sensitive, of the people who are putting others' needs before their own. It's like, where is your operating system pointed? And for a lot of you, if you're hypersensitive, if you don't have good boundaries, if you haven't done the work to pull it all back to self, you will confuse information about others for information about you. And I've been told over and over by students, like, why does that matter, right? Like, I'm getting information, so why does it matter if it's about my mom or my sister or my best friend or if it's about me? Well, it matters because 90% of it isn't happening for you. 
I would be fine with it if it was a 50-50 balance. I'd be fine with it if it was even 60-40. But for most people, if I ask them to write down a list of, hey, what's your intuitive experience in life? It's going to look a whole lot like I knew my best friend's partner wasn't good for her. Or I knew that my coworker was going to be pregnant that year. Or I knew that there was going to be this like world tragedy that happened in a different state where I don't even live. The examples of this are enormous. If you think about moments that you've classified as intuitive, I think you're going to realize that those moments are actually out tuition, not intuition. Out tuition meaning they are about other people. Now, of course, we all have energetic bodies. We're all absorbing the information from our environment, and there is so much information out there. But the information that's meant for you versus the information that's meant for others has to be discerned. It has to have a differentiation. And if you don't know what is intuition versus out tuition, Outtuition being, I know what's good for my best friend. I know what's good for my mom. I know what information is trying to be made known to somebody else in my life that I might be close to or I might not be close to. That needs to be discerned from information for me, helping me live my biggest, most expanded life. And for the longest time, there was no distinction for me because there was no distinction in the definition, but also I wasn't hearing anybody talk about this distinction at all. I was hearing everybody say, oh, like intuition is just energetic information and it's available to you and that is what intuition is. But that wasn't really sitting right for me because I wanna say seven, eight, nine years ago, I was very good at out-tuition. I was able to know what was going on in friends' lives. I was able to help them, to help them see it clearly. I was very much the confidant or the person that people would kind of bounce things off of. I mean, I made it my career, right? Like that ability to hone in on somebody else's energetic body, to help them see what they'd collected, I could do that all day long. But when it came to me, eight, nine years ago, I was coming up short. I didn't know my own direction. I didn't know what was right for me. I had a hard time making decisions, had a hard time making choices. And I have found with working with students, with working with this sense of like, let's define intuition for you. Let's get clear on what is for you that whatever operating system that you're operating on isn't necessarily what is available for you. And what I mean by that is if right now all of your examples of what you thought were intuition is about others, it doesn't mean that that's the only information that's available to you. It just means that your compass is directed in the wrong way. It wasn't that eight, nine years ago, I only had the capacity to tune into other people No, I just wasn't tuned into self. The moment that I tuned into self, the intuition was actually able to arise. And I was able to call upon it at will. 
and I knew my best next step. I knew what was right for me. I was able to make decisions without cross-referencing my friends or the internet. I was able to step into my power. And then what followed after that was confidence, was the ability to know who I am, was my own inner power, my source of clarity. Just because you're receiving information that you quote unquote couldn't otherwise know doesn't mean it's intuition. You know, that's amazing. But I want you to separate those two and to really take a look at it so that when you're looking at intuition, you get clear as to what your percent is. What percent is actually about you? What percent is I know where my relationships exist in my life that are giving me a return? How do I know where I'm valued? How do I know where I'm loved? How do I know what the right relationships are for me to nurture? How do I know where to live? How do I know what to eat? How do I know what kind of job is going to fulfill me? How do I know where to invest my energy in this world? How do I know what risks to take? How do I know when to take that risk and when to step back? All of that information is available. All of that information can be bridged up through the intuition. But if all of your time is spent receiving everything about everybody else, then the information that's available for you cannot rise. It cannot rise. So the intuition, we can also think about that as like psychic, right? It's a psychic link. It's the ability to know something about someone else. But what I really want to focus on is intuition today. Intuition, capital I intuition, meaning it's about you, for you, for your best good, This is what we want to focus on when we're talking about the inner call. A lot of you are going to have questions about this because you're going to be like, okay, well, one time I knew that my mom was going to be very ill. And do you think that was intuition or do you think it was out tuition? And I would say that can be intuition because your need to show up for your mom is something you valued, is something that would change your action steps, is something that would change your life to live a most expanded life in which you're able to show up for the people that you love in the way that you want to, in the way that feels best for you, in the way that you are your biggest self. So I would categorize that still as intuition. Just because it involves somebody else doesn't inherently mean that it's not intuition. But the bigger bird's eye view needs to be focused on, is this for me? Is this helping me make a choice? Is this helping me move forward? Is this helping me get clarity on my life? Me, 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 (laughs) which sounds a little selfish. And of course, the out-tuition, that connection with others is beautiful and should be sustained and is incredible and we want it. Of course, of course, of course. That outuition can be one of service. It can be found when you're having a heart to heart with a friend and you just see them clearly for who they are and you can reflect that back to them. That is beautiful. The outuition helps in any capacity, in any job, I think, you know, because you're able to help people help themselves. <laughs> you're able to see clearly into who they are to reflect it back. And that can be in the service industry. It can be in healing arts. It can be even in like financial money aspects because you can out tuition what the markets are going to do right? And then do that for your clients. Helping somebody increase their portfolio 
and their wealth isn't inherently intuition if it's not your wealth in your portfolio. But if you are able to tap into the energetic current of the market and your client, then that's out-tuition and that's very, very useful. But all of that out-tuition, all of that external isn't going to help you land on your next step. And most people will have that out-tuition, like I said, be about 80 to 90%. And we want to get it to at least 50-50. And we want to discern enough that you can tune into the intuition at will and you know when it's about you versus knowing when it's about somebody else. Because if you don't know where that distinction lies, if you don't know what's yours and what's somebody else's, it gets really blurry and it gets really messy. And then you really don't have the ability to trust the intuition anymore. It's going to flounder for you. It's going to feel very unsure and ultimately won't be very useful, right? We want to trust it. We want to actually have that last moment in the definition of intuition when the energetic information in our environment is absorbed through the energetic body, transferred up the physical body into the conscious rational mind, and there's awareness of it, the crucial, crucial step for intuition to be effective is that you trust it. It can make that entire loop up. It can go from being energetic information to conscious, rational thought. And if you do not trust it, it disappears. If you do not trust it, it's still intuition, but it's ineffective and it didn't really help at all. Now, the reason that I put so much emphasis on the definition and why I've just spent the last 15 minutes talking about it is because the intuition is our access point to internal feedback. And the access point to internal feedback and that inner call is what opens up our world of possibilities. We all know that external feedback is super, super loud, right? Like you go on social media, external feedback is blaring at you. You go talk to friends, you go talk to family, like all of it is very, very, very loud. And everybody has an opinion as to what is right, what is wrong, how you should live. And I always use this example of like eggs because I saw it a couple of weeks ago on Instagram. There were two suggested reels for me, and I'm not quite sure why Instagram thought I was really into eggs at the moment, but apparently, oh, you know why? I had been talking about it quite a bit. I had just been to Los Angeles, and I came back to Europe, and I was telling my Europe friends, Europe-based friends, how shocked I was to see the price of eggs, which anyone that lives in the US who's listening to this, I'm sure you had that moment. But anyways, fast forward, the algorithm has figured out that I care about eggs and I get two reels about eggs. And one is giving me all sorts of scientific reasons as to why I should not eat eggs. And the other is giving me all the reasons as to why I should eat eggs. And they both sounded valid and the science was sound, and they both had research articles that they were quoting. And it was kind of like, well, where does that leave me? I don't really know. I think I'm just going to continue my egg consumption as is. But that's what I'm talking about with external feedback. It can be valid. It can be right for somebody. But that doesn't mean it's right for you. The internal feedback is right for you. 
This is the golden nugget. This is going to help define for you which external feedback you listen to. It's not like we want to throw all external feedback out the window. That is how we learn and process and have new ideas and generate thoughts and expand, right? Like our inner reasoning is not always correct. Our stereotypes are not always sound. We have to do that work. We know that we grew up in a system that prizes certain things and people and supports areas that aren't inherently truthful, right? And that comes with race and it comes with gender and it comes with any kind of identity talk and any kind of paradigm that exists in in how we've grown up in this system. Yet, we want to know our inner truth as to what external feedback we should be paying attention to and what's going to feed our inner selves and what will not. Just because it's external feedback doesn't mean it's useful. And the internal is going to help drive the direction as to what is going to help you grow versus versus not, what's going to nurture you, what isn't, which direction to take, which choice to make. And so it's not a matter, I think, of closing your eyes and your ears and like getting out of town and going and sitting in the Himalayan mountains, although that's great. Like you can go do that. But I know that my call in life, my inner purpose isn't to go disappear from the world. That does sound lovely in a lot of ways sometimes, but I know that that's not my fate in life. I'm here to be pelted by the external feedback. And if you're listening to this, you probably are too, because if you are sitting on a Himalayan mountaintop, you would not get Wi-Fi. So here we are all sat within the extreme external feedback of 2023 And yet we're being called upon to go deep and to dig into inner feedback, to dig deep and to find that inner call, knowing that the inner call will bring us to the external feedback that will nurture us because we are in a time in which there is such prolific information, such incredible education, new ideas, new creative thought, expansion, expansion, expansion. You cannot know the right next step for you and to step into all of that expansion if you are not connected to self. Now, the baseline of all of this, the baseline, 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 if you can remember one thing from this podcast today, is that when you prioritize external feedback over internal feedback, when you prioritize external feedback over internal feedback, you lose the ability to be intuitive going to say that one more time. When we prioritize external feedback over internal feedback, we lose the ability to be intuitive. Intuition cannot exist in your system if you haven't figured out how to come back to self. It cannot because the intuition by its very definition starts with I. It is about you. It is the inner feedback. It requires that you pull back and you know what's yours, truly yours, versus what is not. The other reason that this is so important is if you're somebody whose compass is turned out. When you are making a decision, even if it's the right decision for you, 
your out tuition, your ability to tune into other people's energetic bodies will very clearly feed back to you their opinion, their point of view, their needs, and all of that could clash with your needs, your point of view, your opinion. And especially for the sensitives, when you walk into a room and you know everyone disagrees, it's going to be really hard for you to follow that inner call. It's going to get real wobbly up in there. And you'll listen to this podcast and you'll hear all these people following their inner call, following their own intuition and leading very successful, beautiful lives, not without their stumbling blocks, right? Like we all go through it. But one of the key things is that you have to be able to pull back to self if you ever want to feel the confidence of doing it anyways, of like feeling everybody else's stuff, but going, you know what? I'm actually going to tune out of that. Today's not the day for out tuition. Today's the day for intuition. I'm going to just come back to self. I'm going to do me. In order to do that, you have to know the difference, right? Because it's going to be really hard to tell what's yours, what's not yours. It's going to be really hard to tell if that's a good idea or a bad idea. If what you're feeling around you is uh uh-uh, yet inside you're getting green lights. This is especially hard for people who have lived a life, especially early on, where there was a lot of trauma in your environment, uh, a lot of gaslighting, because what will end up happening is all of your attention will go to the external because your system is in a constant state of asking, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? What do they need? What do they think? How can I almost have like a pre-knowing of what I can do to keep myself grounded, to keep myself safe. And if you're somebody who has had that in your life, this will be of great importance as to like, how do we come back to the self? How do we come back to me? And how do we start making that out tuition other people's opinions less and less powerful, less and less important? Now, of course, You've gotten to this part of the podcast and you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm in, that sounds great. How do I do it? And that will be something I discuss as we move forward. I think the biggest key to it is one, starting to recognize the difference because once we realize where we're subconsciously oriented, we can change it. So a lot of you have been focused outside of yourselves for a very long time without realizing that you were. And when it's subconscious, when you're just on autopilot, you can't make any changes. So if that's all you do today, you have won big time. You've you've changed your life. When you make the subconscious conscious, you change it. It's kind of like Schrodinger's cat, you know? Once you've looked... The cat's either alive or dead. Before that, could be either way. But this idea of like, once we look at the subconscious, then we shift and change it just because we've looked at it. So if that's where you start today, you have done some massive work. I would say, go home. Well, maybe you are home. Stay home, (laughs) get out a little notebook, 
write down a couple of intuitive moments that you can remember having, and then just do a little audit. How many of those are actually about you living your most expanded life? And how many of those are about other people? And that's going to give you a really good starting point to know where your attention is going, where your compass is pointed, and to start just recognizing that that is your subconscious preset. Like that's what you're looking at all the time. There's going to be a lot of other podcast episodes that I do, and we're going to talk more and more and more about how do we pull to the self? How do we calm down the nervous system? How do we get into a receptive mode for intuition? How do we allow that trust to build? I mean, there are so many topics. I teach this. I am so passionate about it. I've watched it change people's lives because it's everything. Like if you can come back to the self, you have found your power. You found your power and it's what I want for every single one of you. I am going to take some questions from some listeners because when I was sitting down to make this podcast, I really lamented actually that it wasn't a live class. I mostly teach live always actually. And I get so much from the students because when somebody asks me a question, I feel like the answer that it produces, that it bubbles up to the surface is kind of magic. Like I wouldn't have necessarily thought to talk about that until somebody prompts it within me. So thank you guys for those of you who recorded your questions. If you'd like to record one for the future, you can do that by going to speakpipe.com, S-P-E-A-K, P-I-P-E dot com forward slash Fleur, F-L-E-U-R. So speakpipe.com forward slash Fleur. And then you can record your question and I can answer it and we can feel like we're here together in a weird way. All right. So this is the first one from Jen. Hi, I'm curious about energy between two people and if you're in conflict with someone or more so if they are bringing conflict to you and you can start to feel it in your body, how you can release that from your body and also how you can protect your body from absorbing that. Thanks. This is such a great question because it comes back to this sense of like, where is your compass pointed? Is it out or in? And that never becomes more apparent than when you are living with someone. (laughs) That's not easy, especially when that person is going through some shit, when they're depressed and you're like, I can't fix this for you, but I'm soaking in it with you. And especially when you don't know what's yours versus what isn't, it becomes very difficult for you to release it. So my first point would be to say, start just noticing that it's not yours because on a subconscious level, your body might actually release a lot of it in that moment. And that can be self-talk. It can just be a very conscious moment to go, okay, I'm realizing that what I'm feeling, sensing, knowing in my body, in my mind, in my emotions is not mine. And I'm going to not take responsibility for it. And I'm going to let that be. 
you'll be surprised at how much of a shift that can create because your body is processing a lot of that subconsciously. And the minute that you bring some conscious credibility to it or take the credibility away, it will really help to shift it and for you to take some ownership. The other thing I just want to point out is our energetic boundaries are 100% a reflection of our interpersonal boundaries. So often you can also kind of hack it the other way by creating dialogue and conversation around what some of your inner relationship boundaries are, and that will really help set the tone for the energetic boundaries too. This also becomes like a lot easier with time. You know, a lot of people just kind of go through life as sponges, not recognizing that they have the power to change it. And I could talk about a lot of like things that maybe in mainstream are super popular right now, like get yourself a crystal or like wave some sage at them, you know, like shoo shoo, bad energy. But I believe none of that actually makes the lasting change. We're all energetic beings. We're in exchange with each other all day long. No one has the capacity to throw negative emotion at you that sticks without you allowing it in. And that's a hard truth. That was a hard truth for me. Your energetic boundaries are your responsibility in the same way that your interpersonal relationship boundaries are your responsibility, but it can be as simple as starting to notice that you're outside of yourself a lot, that you're placing a lot of weight on the out tuition, so to speak, versus the intuition and to pull that power back. So try acknowledging when it happens that it's happening, that it's not yours. Take a look at where your interpersonal boundaries could use some rehashing. Get clear as to what you're allowing that you wouldn't want to allow. And thirdly, start taking a look at where you're not giving yourself a moment to discharge it. Because we are all energetic beings and we are all in constant communication with our environment, whether it's one specific person who's in your environment way too much, or whether it's just the world at large, if you don't have a moment where you're discharging that very regularly, consciously, then it can rise to the threshold over and over again very quickly. And your discharging of all of that will be very unique. We'll talk about it more in future podcasts, but in essence, it's like, how does your body relax? You know, is it you go take a walk? Is it you dance to some music? Is it you do a bit of crafts? Is it you go and have a cup of coffee and just take a couple deep breaths? But how is your nervous system discharging what you've absorbed all day? How is your body getting some relaxation so that you can actually recognize when all of somebody else's energy is even entering your system. A lot of times we don't recognize what's come in until it's too late. Like now we've crossed the threshold. Now we're overwhelmed. Now we don't feel like ourselves, but it took a long time to reach that threshold. That didn't happen overnight. So if you can regularly take time for yourself, regularly take a pause, you're not going to hit the threshold nearly as fast. And it's going to be easier for you to recognize when that boundary does get crossed. So as you'll hear, and none of my students ever like this answer, it all comes back to you. But the brilliant part of that 
is you have the power. It is not dependent on the other person. The other person doesn't have to change. And you can live a very, very, very happy life in coexistence without them changing at all. And I know that that is going to be something that a lot of groups of people just heard. And you're like, you don't know my mother. You don't know my partner. <laughs> You've never met my neighbor, right? But, and I hear you because I, I also have had these moments in my life, but I stick to it. If you can manage your own energetic boundaries, all the rest of that isn't actually going to matter. There we go. One more question. Hey, Fleur. Um, my question is to see the best way for me to open my intuition. Um, I lost my father about coming up to three months now, and I've been desperately trying to feel some sort of connection. Um I have my wedding coming up soon and would like to feel like he was with me on the day. So that was from Harriet. And first of all, I want to say I'm so sorry for the loss of your dad and congratulations on the wedding. That's a big loss to carry into a really happy, wonderful occasion. And, you know, two things can be true at the same time. We can be grieving and we can be having the best day of our lives. So before I launch into my answer, I just want to take some space and to say to you, allow yourself to carry both, you know, and to not feel like it has to be one or the other. Two things can be true. Two big emotions can be present at the same time. And I hope that the day is wonderful. To answer your question, you know, I thought it was interesting that you started it off with, I need some help to open up my intuition because it comes back to this definition of well, is it intuition if we want to feel the energetic presence of someone who's passed? What is, what is that? And at the end of the day, you are the vessel. You are the energetic form, whether that is information meant for your own spirit, information about others, out-tuition that are living, or this spirit connection, this connection to something bigger than self, to loved ones who are past, it all comes through you, your energetic body, your physical body. And so the flipping of the switch between intuition and out-tuition is really important, but not just for like the inner call and the connection to self, but also because when we get clear on what is intuition and we know how to return to ourselves, we become much more aware of when something else enters our space too. When we're really pointed out at other people, other living people's energies, it becomes very hard to discern what's in our energetic bubble, including our loved ones. The method or the way that our spirit loved ones can speak to us so that we're consciously rationally aware of it, I believe, is very similar to the intuitive path. But it's a recognition as to, okay, it's a different source. It's a different place. It's coming from something outside of myself. However, the source with which you translate your physical body, your energetic body, that's the same source, right? With all of this, it's always the same container. And so what I think your question really points to is like, how do I get my container into a receptive mode? 
I believe with intuition, all of the information that you want access to exists in and around you already. You don't have to create it. And I believe the exact same thing with people who have passed. You don't have to create that connection. That connection already exists. You just got to get out of the way. You got to allow enough space to recognize it. So what I would suggest is to do an activity that you know puts you in a really zen, almost trancey space. So for example, some people go into this like super zen, trancey space when they drive or when they take a shower or when they do the dishes or when they paint or when they make music or when they go for a run. It'll really be dependent on you. I call this your receiving state. And set the intention before you do that thing, no expectations, like, hey, dad, if you would like to join me in this activity, you're welcome to, you know, and then just release it and go about that activity, do it a couple times to the point where it's not this one time you're putting all sorts of pressure on it. Because for anything to flow up intuitively, you have to be in a receiving state and you have to be in what I call a theta brainwave. I will touch on this more in the next podcast because that is a whole other thing and I teach it a lot. But we have to switch our state of awareness to be able to receive intuitively. We have to be able to switch our state of awareness to be able to receive our loved ones. There has to be an ability for your brain to take a back seat, the thinking brain, for it to rise to the surface. And so um, one of the quickest ways that you can find what that way is, how you shift awareness is to just kind of look at your life and go, when do I feel like I'm in that Zen transy state? When do I feel like things just pop into my mind and then go do that thing with intention? So give that a try. But bottom line, dad knows you're getting married. Dad wants to be there. It's only dependent on can you receive it or not? It's not, is he there or not? And that might also take a little bit of the pressure off just to know, okay, it's just about me getting on the right radio station. It's not him wanting or not wanting to be there. So that concludes today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've been enjoying this inner call podcast so far. I have had a blast. I love my guests. Talking is my favorite thing. (laughs) I just love having this connection with you guys. So thank you for being here. If you're liking the podcast so far, please subscribe. Please write a review. It helps others to find us. It makes a huge difference and it lets me bring on some really incredible guests. So if you haven't yet, please do that right now. It is the currency of the podcast world and it makes a world of difference. And we want to be here for a really, really long time. So thanks for helping us do that. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll connect soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.